Greetings everyone. Some may wonder if there's a real God, why can't we see Him? Why would God hide Himself? People sometimes ask such questions, but how many are really serious about finding the answer to the question, why can't we see God? In today's sermon, we're going to see what the Bible says about why we cannot see God now, but also we will find that the Bible declares that you, everyone, will indeed see God. The title of the sermon is, You Will See God. According to Scripture, the first humans, Adam and Eve, were able to see and converse with God after they were created. But neglecting to follow God's instructions and choosing instead to allow Satan to lead them into rebellion against God, they sought to hide themselves from God. As we read in Genesis 3, beginning with verse 8, Genesis 3 and verse 8, They heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, Where are you? So he said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you that you should not eat? Because of their sin of rebellion, they were cast out of the garden and cut off from the presence of God. They had decided that they would decide for themselves what is right and wrong, rather than obey God's laws. We read in Genesis 3, beginning of verse 22, Then the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become like one of us to know or to designate as it could be translated. In other words, they made themselves lawgivers in place of God. They had come to designate for themselves what is good and evil. And God said, Now lest he put out his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore the Lord God sent him out of the Garden of Eden to till the ground from which he was taken. So he drove out the man, and he placed cherubim at the east of the Garden of Eden, and a flaming sword which turned every way to guard the way to the tree of life. So Adam and Eve were separated from God's presence because of their rebellion and their sin. Mankind in general has followed that same path ever since then and has for the most part remained cut off from God. In Isaiah 59, beginning with verse 1, Isaiah 59, verse 1, it says, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, nor his ear heavy that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated you from your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you, so that he will not hear. In Ezekiel 39, verse 24, God says, According to their uncleanness and according to their transgressions, I have dealt with them and hidden my face from them. So we see that God being hidden has to do with rebellion, with sin, with the persistent transgressions of mankind. Now there have been a few who have not followed the path of rebellion, and they were, some of them from time to time, 
able to communicate with God and see God. Enoch, for example, we're told, walked with God. We see that in Genesis 5, verse 22. Later, Noah was uh, uh, spoken to by God. God gave him instructions for building an ark that he and his family might be saved alive through a universal flood that God had determined to send, send in order to bring an end to a world that had become utterly corrupt, evil, and violent. Now, it doesn't say specifically that Noah saw God, but it's implied by the fact that God spoke to him and gave Noah detailed instructions concerning what he wanted him to do on more than one occasion. Later, we find that God appeared to Abraham and spoke to him and to his wife, Sarah. He also appeared and spoke to Abraham's concubine, Hagar, and to Abraham's son, Isaac, and to Jacob, Isaac's son. Jacob said after one incident in Genesis 32 and verse 30, Genesis 32 and verse 30, Jacob said after he had had an experience with God and God being present with him, he said, for I have seen God face to face and my life is preserved. God appeared also to Moses and to a few others. While most of the people of Israel in the wilderness did not see God, man, God manifested himself to them by various means, such as leading them by a cloud in the daytime and by a pillar of fire at night, by speaking to them from Mount Sinai and so forth. The miracles God wrought for them should have left no doubt that God was among them. The Bible reveals that the Godhead actually consists of two individual spirit beings. In Scripture, various names are used of God and of the Godhead, but the two are distinguished by one being referred to in certain Scriptures as the Father and the other as the Son. The Son we also know as Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the Word or the Spokesman who has communicated with mankind to reveal God's will to human beings. No one has seen the Father. It was the second person of the Godhead, the one known as Jesus Christ, or the Son, who appeared to humans at various times as recorded in Scripture. Jesus said in John 1 and verse 18, John 1 and verse 18, No one has seen God, and in this context he was referring to the Father, No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son who is in the bosom of the Father, He has declared Him. Jesus also said, as we read in John 6 and verse 46, John 6 and verse 46, Not that anyone has seen the Father except He who is coming from God, meaning Himself. He has seen the Father. Now, if human beings could see God, would that of itself cause them to have faith in Him? believing not only that he exists, but that they should reverence and obey him as creator and God? Consider the fact that Adam and Eve saw God and conversed with him, were taught by him, and yet they rebelled. Hearing God speak to them, seeing the evidence of his power, the Israelites as a people, for the most part, after they had been led out of Egypt, repeatedly rebelled against God, 
and their descendants have continued to do so to this day. In a book called The Lie, written by Ken Ham, a well-known advocate of young earth creationism, is a statement attributed to Richard Dawkins. Richard Dawkins is a well-known proponent of the theory of evolution and a critic of creationism and intelligent design, a man who professes to be an atheist. And Dawkins, according to the account in Ham's book, was asked what it would take for him to accept that God exists. Dawkins' response was that his mind would likely not be changed even if, quote, a big giant 900-foot Jesus strode in and said, I exist, here I am, end quote. So much for supposedly scientific objectivity. Actually, many scientists, and I could name dozens of them, have been led to the conclusion by objective evidence from the creation itself that there must be a God, even if they don't necessarily believe in the Bible. There's no excuse for discounting the existence of God because it is apparent from the nature of the things that He has made, His creation, as we read in Romans 1, beginning with verse 19, Romans 1, verse 19, what may be known of God is manifest in, or as it would be better translated, to them, is manifest to them, which means it's capable of being readily perceived. What may be known of God may be readily perceived, for God has shown it to them, for since the creation of the world, His invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even His eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify Him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although some human beings have seen God in the person of the Word or spokesman for the God kind, no human can see even Him in His full glory and live. Moses asked Yahweh, Please show me your glory. But he could not look on the face of Yahweh or Jesus Christ, as who he was speaking to there. He could not look on the face of the one we know as Jesus Christ, shining in its full glory. Yahweh said to Moses in Exodus 33, You cannot see my face, for no man shall see me and live. Exodus 33 and verse 20. John had a vision recorded in the book of Revelation giving us an idea of what Christ looks like in his glorified state. In Revelation chapter 1 and verse 16, it says, His countenance is speaking of Jesus Christ in his glorified state. His countenance was like the sun shining in its strength. So that would be what it would be like to look directly into the face of Jesus Christ. It would be like looking into the noonday sun. Yahweh allowed Moses to see him from the back briefly as Moses was sheltered in the cleft 
of a rock, as you can read in Exodus chapter 33, verses 22, uh, uh, beginning verse uh, 22. And we can conclude from this that when God appeared to various individuals, it was not in a form that revealed his full power and glory. When God appeared to Abraham, for example, it tells us that he appeared to be a man in Genesis 18 and verse 2. And this is likely how he appeared in other similar situations. Opposition to the idea of God's existence isn't rooted so much in the fact that most of us have not seen him as it is in the inherent rebellion of the carnal mind against God's authority as creator and ruler of his creation. In other words, rebellion against his law. We read in Romans 8 and verse 7, Romans 8 and verse 7, because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. God actually not only appeared to Abraham, Isaac, and the others as mentioned earlier, but he also miraculously came in the flesh and dwelt among mankind as a human being. Jesus Christ appeared in the flesh but was rejected. An angel had appeared to Joseph and told him that the prophecy found in Isaiah concerning the Messiah would be fulfilled in the birth of a son to his wife, Mary, who had been impregnated supernaturally through the power of the Holy Spirit of God. It's in Matthew chapter 1 and verse 23, where it says, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Emmanuel, one of the names of Jesus Christ, or one of his titles, is God with us. God is with us. And God came to dwell in the person of Jesus Christ with human beings on the earth at that time. And so we read in John 1, beginning verse 10, John 1, verse 10, He, that is Jesus Christ, God, Yahweh, was in the world, and the world was made through Him, and the world did not know Him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. To those who believe in his name, who were born, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. In Philippians chapter 2, beginning with verse 6, and this is from God's Word to the Nations translation, Philippians 2 and verse 6, Although he was in the form of God and equal with God, he did not take advantage of this equality. Instead, he emptied himself by taking on the form of a servant, by becoming like other humans, by having a human appearance. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, death on a cross. So God appeared in the flesh, dwelt among mankind, was rejected, and then was crucified. All of this tells us that even if we could see God, even if he were visible, that in itself would not necessarily make a difference in how 
he would be received. After Jesus Christ had been put to death and was buried and resurrected three days later, he appeared to the apostles and several hundred other people. To Thomas, one of the apostles, Jesus said, as we read in John 20 and verse 29, John 20 and verse 29, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Although a distinct minority among mankind, there are many who have believed despite having never seen God. But there are many more who remain unbelievers. But God is not finished with mankind. Human beings were created for a divine purpose, a purpose fulfilled in Jesus Christ who was resurrected to eternal life, the first of many who will be resurrected to fulfill the same purpose as God builds his divine family. Paul wrote of the fellowship of the mystery. This is from Ephesians 3, beginning with verse 9. He wrote of the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God, who created all things through Jesus Christ to the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places according to the eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. The eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord, referring to the fact that Jesus Christ, a human being, died and was resurrected to eternal life. The Bible speaks of a yet future appearing of Jesus Christ, not this time, or the next time I should say, as a human being emptied of his divine glory, but as God to take charge of the earth and to provide for the salvation of countless others, yet to be born into God's kingdom by being resurrected from the dead. Paul wrote to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 4, beginning with verse 1. 2 Timothy 4 and verse 1, I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, convince, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and teaching. So Jesus Christ is coming to judge the living and the dead and he will appear on the earth and establish his kingdom. In Titus 2 verse 11 or beginning with verse 11 Titus 2 verse 11 For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust we should live soberly, righteously and godly in the present age, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. So we need to be preparing for Christ's coming through living God's way of life, seeking to live in a way that's pleasing to God. The Bible refers many times to the future appearing or the second coming of Jesus Christ, the second coming of Christ will be accomplished in such a way that everyone alive at that time will be able to see Jesus Christ as he returns in glory to the earth. As we read in Revelation chapter 
1 and verse 7. Revelation 1 verse 7, Behold, he is coming with clouds, and every eye will see him. Even they who pierced him and all tribes of the earth will mourn because of him. Even so, amen. At that time, Jesus Christ will resurrect the faithful from the dead. As we read in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, beginning at verse 22. 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 22, For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ all shall be made alive, but each one in his own order. Christ, the first fruits, or as it should be, and as it is in the original Greek, Christ, the first fruit. Afterward, those who are Christ's at his coming. This is speaking of his second coming that we uh, had referred, saw referred to a moment ago in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, 1 Thessalonians 4 and verse 16. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Notice it says the dead in Christ will rise first. That is those who were converted and faithful in this age. And they will be resurrected at that time. This is at the second coming of Christ. And it says, goes on to say, Then we who are alive, that is those who are faithful Christians, alive at that time and remain, shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. And other scriptures tell us that Jesus Christ is going to, at that time, establish his kingdom on the earth in Jerusalem. And so uh, the saints will meet Jesus Christ in the air and then descend with him to Jerusalem and be with Christ from that time on. Now notice that we read in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, or we read in 1 Corinthians 15, that all shall be made alive, but each one in his own order. Each one in his own order, but all shall be made alive. Jesus said in John 5, Beginning in verse 28, John 5 and verse 28, Do not marvel at this, for the hour is coming, in which all who are in the graves will hear his voice and come forth, those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of condemnation. Or it could be translated judgment, not necessarily condemnation. There is revealed in Scripture a series of resurrections, Jesus Christ was resurrected as the first of the first fruits. Those in the resurrection at the time of his second coming are the first fruits and will be in what is called the first resurrection. Speaking of the time of the first resurrection, we read in Revelation 20, <clears throat> verse 6, Revelation 20, verse 6, Blessed and holy is he who has part in the first resurrection. Over such the second death has no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. And James 1 and verse 18, 
James 1 and verse 18, it says, Of His own will, He brought us forth by the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of His creatures. So those who are converted in this age and remain faithful are among the first fruits, and they will be in the first resurrection to serve with Jesus Christ under His rulership and as a, a part of the administration of His government. And they will be assigned various responsibilities in the government of God under Jesus Christ ruling on the earth for a thousand years. Now, those resurrected at that time, the time of the first resurrection, will be resurrected not to a physical flesh and blood resurrection, but will be clothed with glorified bodies like that of the resurrected Jesus Christ. We read in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 44, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 44, it is sown a natural body, that's speaking of death and burial of our fleshly body. It is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. And it goes on to say in verse 49 of 1 Corinthians 15, as we have borne the image of the man of dust, that is Adam, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly man, that is, of Jesus Christ. In Philippians 3, beginning in verse 20, Philippians 3 and verse 20, For our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body, that it may be conformed to His glorious body, according to the working by which He is able even to subdue all things to himself. So those who are resurrected will be resurrected in the likeness of Jesus Christ, in the likeness of God. And in the resurrection, the resurrected saints will see God. Job said, and we read this in Job 19, verse 25, beginning with verse 25 of Job 19. For I know that my Redeemer lives, and he shall stand at last on the earth. And after my skin is destroyed, this I know, that in my flesh I shall see God, whom I shall see for myself, my eyes shall behold, and not another. Oh, how my heart yearns within me. So, Job is going to see God in a body. Now, it won't be the same type of bodies we just read, but it will be a body that he will be clothed with at that time, and he will see God. He will see his Redeemer. In 1 John 3, Beginning with verse 1, 1 John 3 and verse 1, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called children of God. See, we are God's children. We're going to be born into the family of God through the resurrection as God's children, as His offspring. And that's what we are referred to various times in Scripture. Therefore the world does not know us because it did not know Him. Beloved, now we are children of God and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, 
but we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him. We shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. Jesus Christ, after his return, will sit on his throne in Jerusalem, and the nations of physical human beings living at that time will know who is the true God, and they will seek God. We read in Ezekiel chapter 39, Ezekiel 39, beginning at verse 21, Ezekiel 39, verse 21, I will set my glory among the nations. All the nations shall see my judgment, which I have executed, and my hand, which I have laid on them. So the house of Israel shall know that I am the Lord their God from that day forward. The Gentiles shall know that the house of Israel went into captivity for their iniquity because they were unfaithful to me. Therefore I hid my face from them. I gave them into the hand of their enemies, and they all fell by the sword. According to their uncleanness and according to their transgressions, I have dealt with them and hidden my face from them. Therefore thus says the Lord God, Now I will bring back the captives of Jacob and have mercy on the whole house of Israel and I will be jealous for my holy name. After they have borne their shame and all their unfaithfulness, in which they were unfaithful to me, when they dwelt safely in their own land, and no one made them afraid. When I brought them back from the peoples and gathered them out of their enemies' land, lands, and I am hallowed in them in the sight of many nations, then they shall know that I am the Lord their God who sent them into captivity among the nations, but also brought them back to their land and left none of them captive any longer, and I will not hide my face from them any more. For I shall have poured out my spirit on the house of Israel, says the Lord God. And we read also in Isaiah chapter 2, beginning with verse 2, Isaiah 2 and verse 2, Now it shall come to pass in the latter days, that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills, and all nations shall flow to it. Many people shall come and say, Come and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, and he will teach us his ways, and we shall walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He shall judge between the nations and rebuke Many people, and they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. God's Spirit will be poured out on all flesh, as we see in Isaiah chapter 66 and verse 23. Isaiah, Isaiah 66 and verse 23. It shall come to pass that from one new moon to another and from, from one Sabbath to another, all flesh shall come to worship before me, says the Lord. And in Joel 2 and verse 28, Joel 2 and verse 28 shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams, your young men shall see visions. Those who have been resurrected at that time will be employed in teaching and helping people to learn God's ways. 
in Isaiah 30, beginning at verse 20. Isaiah 30 and verse 20. And though the Lord gives you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction, yet your teachers will not be moved into a corner anymore, but your eyes shall see your teachers. Your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, This is the way. Walk in it whenever you turn to the right hand or whenever you turn to the left. In Ezekiel 36, beginning in verse 25, Ezekiel 36 and verse 25, we read, Then I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you shall be clean. And I will cleanse you from all your filthiness and from all your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes. This is speaking of the people of Israel and, and for that matter, other peoples at the time of the millennium. And it goes on to say, You will keep my judgments and do them. Then you shall dwell in the land that I gave to your fathers. You shall be my people and I will be your God. In Isaiah 11, in verse 9, Isaiah 11 and verse 9 Gives, gives us more information about the world as it will be in that age. They shall not destroy nor they shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain. For the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. And in that day there shall be a root of Jesse who shall stand as a banner to the people for the Gentiles shall seek him and his resting place shall be glorious. That's speaking of Jesus Christ is a banner to the people and the Gentiles will seek him as well as the people of Israel and his resting place will be glorious. After the millennium, the thousand year period of Christ ruling on the earth, then there will be another resurrection and that will be the vast multitudes who have lived and died in past ages not knowing God who will then be resurrected and will face their maker. Now this will be a physical resurrection, a resurrection to physical life as it's described in Ezekiel chapter 37 beginning with verse 4. Ezekiel 37 and verse 4. Again he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones. Surely I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live I will put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you, cover you with skin and put breath in you, and you shall live, then you shall know that I am the Lord. Having been resurrected, those people will know that God actually does exist and they will know who God is. And we read more about this in Revelation 20 beginning verse 11 Revelation 20 verse 11 Then I saw a great white throne and him who sat on it from whose face the earth and heaven fled away this is Jesus Christ and there was found no place for them and I saw the dead small and great standing before God and books that is the Bible were opened and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things which are written in the books. In other words, the things which were, are written in Scripture, the laws of God. 
they will be judged. They will be resurrected and then they will be taught and judged according to their works after they have been resurrected and had an opportunity to learn God's ways. And it says, The sea gave up the dead who were in it, and death and Hades delivered up the dead who were in them, and they were judged, each one, according to his works. Then death and Hades, or the grave, were cast into the lake of fire, meaning that there will be, after that period, no more death, because all who are left will be have been changed resurrected as spirit beings or changed into uh, spirit beings in the likeness of Jesus Christ. But at that time in that white throne judgment, as it's sometimes called, the Bible will be taught to those resurrected at that time and they will have a chance to have their names written in the book of life, that is to become converted and receive the gift of eternal life. So eventually, all will have had an opportunity to see God and to be taught by God. As Jesus Christ said in John 6 and verse 45, John 6 and verse 45, he said, it is written in the prophets, they shall all be taught by God. And God will teach every person eventually, every person will have a chance to learn the truth of God's word to be taught and to have a chance to repent, become converted, receive God's Spirit, and be given the gift of eternal life. They will see God, having God face to face with them, and He pouring out His Spirit on them. Most of them will be ready to listen and repent when they actually are face to face with God Himself and being taught by God and others who have been resurrected previously. Ultimately, the Father Himself will dwell on the earth with His family, consisting of human beings, no longer flesh and blood, but having been reborn as spirit beings in the image of God. And we read in Revelation chapter 21, beginning with verse 1, Revelation 21 and verse 1, Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Now that doesn't mean it's a different globe, but it's going to be renewed. The face of the earth will be completely changed. And so it will be like a new heaven and a new earth and that it will be configured differently. And it says there was no more sea, referring to the Mediterranean. Then I, John, saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and will be their God. 